0: I got a bone to pick with Robin. she don't notice. I'm a little annoyed today, you know? Because normally I love doing this show, it's great. You get four awesome ice cream cakes picked by birthday people. She picked a fifth cake and she had Tim Gunn pick it, you know? Now, I'm a fan of Tim, that's my dude. We, we chill on the block all the time, you know That's the homie, for real. But real, real talk, you look at me, you look at Tim. Who's gonna pick a better ice cream cake? (laughs) Hey, yum's the word, haven't you heard? The yum's the word.
1: It was started by a bird My name is Robin And her hair has lots of curls Actually, I blow it out a lot Two stories, some awkward Like wetting the bed next to your boyfriend Pretty funny and absurd Like your boss tickling your side boob. So welcome all you nerds And cool people too This is for everyone eh, Except kids
2: Yum's the word
1: Hey everybody, welcome to Yum's the Word. I'm Robin Gelfenbein, and at the top you heard Gastor El Monte talking about my ice cream cakes. Now, I love that Gastor talks so fondly about his boy Tim Gunn. However, when I called Gastor to ask him to do the show, he had no idea who Tim Gunn was. Which wound up actually being... That much better. It actually was awesome to have them on the show that night. They were such different people, such different personalities, and they both knocked it out of the park. Speaking of my ice cream cakes, last week I took an ice cream making class at Ample Hills with my parents. It was a gift from me to them. And we made bourbon vanilla ice cream with salty fudge caramel and homemade brownies. It was delicious. Now, the reason I bring that up is because our theme for our June show was Mr. Softy Awkward Sex Stories, and I went to town decorating those suckers with boobs, a vagina, and more. So, while I was at Ample Hills, I asked Brian, who's one of the founders, for any ideas he had on how to make a butt. Now, I'm not going to lie, he was into it. He took it very seriously, he told me I should make some kind of a mold only thing was I didn't have a lot of time and I wasn't sure how I was gonna pull it off so I get down to the register at Ample Hills and I got inspired I wound up taking home two small cups I filled them with ice cream froze them overnight and then when I was ready to put them on top of the cake I flipped them over and boom a couple of nice tatas the only problem was I um, I don't know if you know this, Alex. I wound up smushing one of them and I had to reshape it because I'm a professional. <laughs> and it wound up a little bit lopsided and definitely smaller than the other one, but you know, that's how it goes with the real boobs, right?
0: Symmetry is totally over it.
1: Completely. So you can check out all those salacious pics and all the fun footage from that show on our Instagram at Yum's the Word Show. Okay, on today's episode, we're going to continue our three-part series featuring Tim Gunn and other storytellers who were on the show that night. And if you missed the last episode, Matronly Penises, featuring Tim's incredible story about Anna Wintour, be sure to check it out. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss the next episode, because that one is going to have my interview with Tim Gunn and so much more. All right. All right. First up is Gastor El Monte. Gastor is the founder and host of Stoops to Stages, a weekly interview series featuring artists from the world of music and comedy. He's been on The Liar Show, which is one of my very favorite storytelling shows. And you can catch him on This Is Not Happening on Comedy Central. This is his story about the quick sex ed he got from his peers when he was a kid.
0: I'm I'm an East New Yorker, Brooklyn. I don't know if y'all know the area. It's crazy. Mad liars in here today, you saw that? (laughs) All that clapping, wow, you know? Um, I grew up there, my dad grew up from there. Um, He's a real street savvy dude. He comes up upon a lot of deals. You know, I'll give you an example. You know, this past summer, the cops rang the doorbell and they asked if me and my wife knew about any stolen appliances. Apparently somebody bought a ton of refrigerators, got it delivered to my address, and drove off. I knew nothing about this. I called my dad. I said, Dad, you know about any stolen appliances that got delivered to my house last week? And he said, last week? Nah. (laughs) Hung up the phone after that, you know? No room for more questions. You know, my dad uh, isn't always the most approachable guy, but he tries to be, you know. But, you know, when you're growing up, you don't know when you can talk to people, you know, when you have real questions. So as a kid, you kind of learn a lot of these things on your own. And I don't know if you remember, you know, being a teenager, but in general, you don't want people to know that you don't know what you're trying to know. <laughs> no? No, it's just me. I still do it today. Like, you know, like somebody come up to you, yo, you know such and such? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yo, what they look like though? (laughs) It's not just me, I know. know. So, I'll give you an example of this. You know, when I was 13, I was in junior high school, was about to graduate. I was coming home on the B13. And I see all the girls in the back of the bus, they all giggling, you know? So I wanna be cool, I wanna know what's going on. I walk to the back of the bus, I'm like, yo, what's going on? And they laugh a little more and they're like, nah, we can't tell you. Now I really want to know, you know? So I start playing Guess Who, you know? You know that game, the board game? You try to figure out what's going on, yeah. That's what I tried to do in person. Cause this is what they told me. They said, you didn't see you had an erection today in class? Now, I'm gonna be real with you, I know what an erection was. And I was about to learn this in front of these girls. You know? Hold on, let me clarify. I, I had erections. I knew what erections were. I just didn't know what erection meant. Like, I didn't know that erection was that thing that was happening to me every morning. You know? Like, I don't want y'all like, oh shit, I'm real sorry for this dude on stage. You know, they had erections and shit. Cool. So I had erections, I didn't know what erections were. I'm about to learn what they are. We on board. All right. So. I want to investigate So I asked, and Laura's like, uh, yo, it happens to them all the time, and they giggle again. I'm like, yo, who? And I'm like, it's like the third time this week. So I decided to go into Guess Who mode. You know, when you play Guess Who, you try to eliminate half the options up front. So I asked the wrong question. I said, yo, was it a boy or a girl? Y'all was there, because the same shit happened. They all laughed, too, you know? I played it off, though, you know, they all laughed and they think I killed it. Like, oh, so that's so funny, you know? And I left on the high note. I walked away, but I still don't know shit. <laughs> I don't know what an direction is. Somebody's having a school all the time. It's either a boy or a girl, and whichever one it is, it's crazy to think it's the other one. <laughs> that's all I know. You know, I get home, you know? Try to forget about this, I get ready for my baseball game. You know, I get dressed, I go to the game, it's real hot. Summertime, it's about the beginning of the school year. I'm playing this game, and I actually fainted. So my dad rushes to the field, he's real concerned, he picks me up, puts me in the car, drives me to my to the doctor's office in Maspeth to do- see Dr. Harvey. And Dr. Harvey, you know, he's checking me out, I seem fine, he's like, yo, what's going on? Were you feeling, you know, faint all day? I'm like, I just felt real lightheaded at the game, you know? Anything else, I felt dizzy. Uh, a little nauseous, so he's asking my dad, he's like, did did you notice anything different about him? He's like, nah, I know his mom gave him food. I think he was fine. And Dr. Harvey's like, you mind stepping out the room, Mr. Almonte? And then he turns into a cop. (laughs) He's like, yeah, so you been on drugs? You been drinking? I'm like, yo, Mr. Harvey, I thought he was cool, B. I would tell you these things, man, you know? Why would you ask me that, though? He's like, Well, you know, when people drink and they're your age, they don't know how much to drink, and they don't know how to drink water and things like that, they're too young to do so. So now you know, they start feeling dizzy, they feel nauseous, they feel like fainting. I'm like, I didn't feel that because of that reason, but that's good to know. <laughs> I got some intel, you know? So I go home, you know, shower, get dressed, there's a party, you know, end of the school year is coming up. We about to graduate at 13, junior high graduation, feel like the end of the world and shit. So everybody had a party. So I go to the party. Now, uh, for people that don't know, I never drank until I was 25 years old, you know, so I wasn't drinking at this party. I refused to drink, but I didn't want people to know I wasn't drinking because I wasn't confident in the fact that I wasn't drinking at the time. So everyone around me was drinking. They spilled drinks on me, letting people think that I was drinking. I'm cool with people thinking that I'm drinking because that makes me cool. Cool? (laughs) So, you know, we get back to school on Monday, and everybody's talking about the party. Oh, yo, you saw such and such? Yeah, she was real pretty. Yo, everyone was drinking. Yo, gas, so you was drinking? And I did that teenage shit. I talked mad shit. Hell yeah, man, I drink all the time, my G. Yo, for real though, you was drinking, man? All day, every day. <laughs> yo, what was it like though? And I'm like, oh shit. But I recalled Dr. Harvey's cool tips. <laughs> like, yo, I felt dizzy, a little faint. You know? I even got nauseous, man. It was crazy. Now I know now, at the time, I didn't realize this, they hadn't drank either. They don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. So they thought it was dope. It was like, oh, yo, that's crazy. I gotta get on there next time. I'm the boss of this party aftermath now, you know? So we keep talking about the party and they're like, yo, did you see Crystal's homegirl that came to the party? Yo, I think she had a period. I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, yo, she was even spotting. And I'm trying to figure out what a period is. So I see Crystal, her and her homegirls are talking about the party too. You know, and I want to go over, break the ice, learn about this, you know? Don't get ahead of me. (laughs) So I walk over to Crystal, I'm like, yo, Crystal, is is your homegirl okay? She aight, man, I know she had a period. (laughs) And Crystal's like, so that's real sweet of you to ask, it was. It was actually her first period, you know, she wasn't ready, so she got real nervous and you know we had to take out. Now I know about you, but that sounds scary as hell. I wanted nothing to do with these periods. You know. Like I know what they are now and I'm still scared of them. Imagine then. You know? So I deal with this, you know, couldn't focus on bio that day, whatever. I get home, I get dressed for that day's baseball game, I go to the game, and I realize, yo, I should faint again. Go to Dr. Harvey and ask him about erections and periods. <laughs> Try to figure out what's going on. You know, now I'm not a great actor, you know. So I know I should have done more research. I fell on the floor, you know, my dad walks through, he was like, what's going on? I'm like, my stomach's cramping, I think I'm spotting too. <laughs> Just go to the doctor, B. (laughs) So I get to the doctor's office. Dr. Harvey's like, what's going on? I'm like, yo, my stomach been cramping all day. I think I got my period. (laughs) And he's like, nah, nah, no you don't, sir. (laughs) You have any questions? I was like, Dr. Harvey, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know what a period is. I know, Gaston. Why do you want to know what a period is? I was like, I don't want to know until everyone else knew. And last time I was here, I didn't know that I needed to know about the alcohol thing. But that turned out to be real useful in making me look cool. So I want to know about this period situation. And he, you know, he walked me through the whole process. Kudos to y'all, by the way. That shit is incredible. (laughs) Crazy. I don't know if y'all know, but y'all talk to them. Like, it's wow. For real. Like, they got superpowers and shit. It's crazy. You know? So, you know, we walk out the doctor's office. You know, we up front by the office. My dad's handling business, and we're about to walk out. And I'm like, oh, shit. I didn't ask this guy about erections. And I'm like, yo, dad, give me one second, I'm feeling nauseous again, I'll be right back. And I run inside. <laughs> Dr. Hall, you already had somebody else in the room. So I'm like, yo, I'm sorry, I just got one question. He's like, what's going on? What's an erection? And he laughs. He's like, you know, that's the other end of the combo we just had, you know? They get periods when girls are becoming women. You guys get erections when you guys are becoming men. I was like, oh, that's interesting shit. You know, crazy. I'm a sneakerhead, so I'm big into exclusives. Not as exclusive as the period comes a little more often, you know. There's more of them around. You know, but I go home with this knowledge. Now I know what happened in my school day. and I felt good, you know. Exhausting day. <laughs> so I go to bed, you know, and I wake up the next day. And my dad's in my room sitting down, you know. Again, doesn't normally give me a lot of answers. But he asked me, Gastel, what's going on with you? I'm like, what you talking about, my Pops? I don't know, but I paid $90 in co-pays this week. <laughs> you gotta cut this shit out, man. What's going on? You have been fading at the baseball games? Talk to me. I'm like, Dad, it has to do with erections. He's like, erections? You've been fainting because of erections? How big do you think your penis is? <laughs> Did you faint when you get an erection? No, Dad, I didn't know what an erection was. I pretended to faint so I could go to the doctor so he could talk to me about erections. I said, Gastor, why don't you just ask me? Say, This is awkward, Pops. It's a little weird talking you about erections. Say, That's what I'm here for. Besides, you definitely ain't here to cost me $90 in co-pays, <laughs> you know? And, you know, we took that in, he consoled me, and he talked a little bit about, you know, what I could, you know, go to him for going forward. I'm a dad now. I've got a son. He's seven years old, you know? And I've taken that to heart. So I challenge you parents in this room today, if your son is at home and he's fainting, <laughs> Ask him if he has questions about erections. He's either really blessed or really confused, but either way, he's going to be real thankful you ask. Thank you.
1: That was Gastor El Monte. You can find Gastor on Twitter and Instagram at Gastor El Monte. You can also hear another absolutely hilarious story of his from his childhood on our podcast podcast. That episode is called The Reverse Drive-By. It is truly unforgettable. Don't you think, Alex?
2: Yeah, it's a really good story.
1: It's like one of my faves. I mean, I'm not supposed to pick favorites, but it's freaking awesome. All right, next up is a ditty I like to do to kick off every summer. It's about the fatal flaw my parents made when I was a kid. You know, Memorial Day is like a few days away. It's so close. So I kind of feel like tonight with Ice Cream Social, it's kind of the unofficial kickoff to summer, right? So yeah, totally. So I'm just gonna sing this old chestnut that I like to do. So if you know it, feel free to sing along. And uh, here we go. I want to reinforce that this uh, this is true. Good evening, Jesus. It's really nice to meet you. I know, I know you're wicked busy, but I don't know what to do. I'm not like the others. I feel so left behind, because I'm the only kid at church camp with the last name Gelfinbine. They never pick me to play capture the flag. They just pick on my nose and my Linda Ronstadt sleeping bag. They don't want me on their team for the color wars or egg toss. Is that how you felt, Jesus, when they nailed you to the cross? <laughs> no, I haven't done anything wrong. I just need a helping hand, because I'm a little Jewish girl who is stuck here at church camp. I feel all alone, a kosher Frank without its bun. I really thought they'd like me Cause I'm the chosen one But they threw me in the lake I felt so despised I thought they were gonna drown me But instead I was baptized Oy vey Being a Christian's cool It's going really well so far Guess who's playing Judas and Jesus Christ Superstar? <laughs> Mealtime's so much better. I don't feel so out of place. I can eat anything I want and join them in saying grace. Oh, the Lord is good to me. And so I thank the Lord for giving me the things I need like bacon, sausage, kielbasa, bratwurst, porkwurst, whatever worse pork loin, lobster, shrimp, mussels. Anything that's dragging its ass along the bottom of the ocean. (laughs) And and ham and cheese. The Lord is good to me. Oh Jesus, won't you guide me to the promised land? Cause this little, little Jewish girl was converted at church camp. Hey Jesus, one more thing. My parents are gonna kill me. If you were in my shoes, then WWYD. How will you reach me? Will you give me a sign? You can always holler I'm in bunk three, cabin nine That was a very confusing experience for me when I was a kid. I am the oldest of three girls, and when we were at camp, my sisters would ask me, like, Robin, what do we do? We don't believe in Jesus. And I was like, in my head, I'm like, I don't know. So I just said, you know, just don't sing the parts about Jesus. So it would go something like this. Yes, mm-hmm, loves me. Yes, mm-hmm, loves me. Yes, mm-hmm, loves me. The Torah tells me so. It's actually a very funny story, which I will tell you another time bacon of stories, did you know that we offer storytelling workshops? We've done them for City, Meredith Publishing and more. Plus, we'll be offering classes for individuals in the fall. So, if you or your organization would like to learn how to tell your own story, check out our Storytelling Fun01 workshops. You can find information for all of that on our website at yumsthewordshow.com All right, next up is Tim Gunn. Tim is the Emmy Award-winning co-host of Project Runway, which is entering its 16th season on Lifetime. I can't believe it's been around that long. He's a New York Times bestselling author, the voice of Bailiwick on Sophia the First, and a phenomenal storyteller. Now, I thought he was going to do one story and then an interview, but he did a second story with a few other nutty moments thrown in. These are his tales of a Vogue editor, Cubes of Cheese, Martha Stewart, and Tim's very own bobblehead.
2: Robin, do I have time for one Vogue follow-up? Okay. All right. Here's my second installation in the Vogue craziness. Actually, I have tons of Vogue stories. I was moderating a panel discussion at the New York Public Library that included Andre Leon Talley, who was then editor-at-large at at Vogue, um, Timothy Greenfield Sanders, the photographer, and Martha Nelson, who was then the head of the People Group, um, the publisher. And I had my moderator's questions, but I was going to let, let the conversation go wherever it was going. I arrived at the New York Public Library's green room and there is a very lovely gentleman who introduces himself as Patrick McConnell. So Vogue's communication director is there, and I said, I'm so delighted to meet you because we haven't spoken since that infamous week, and for all I knew, she threw that flower arrangement at you, and you were in a coma somewhere. (laughs) So we're there... We're waiting for Andre, who finally arrives, and I'm not kidding, he has an entourage of 10 people. So with Patrick, that's 11 people. The green room was mobbed. So the head of public programming at the library, a lovely, wonderful man, comes in and he says, we are going to do a a, a mic check, a sound check. Okay. Well, Mr. Talley says, I don't do mic checks. (laughs) All right. So the rest of us leave, we do the mic check, we come back. This next part falls into the category of you cannot make this stuff up. (laughs) Mr. Talley is spread out on a couch, covered with a translucent barber bib, and one of the attendants is feeding him cubes of cheese and grapes. His, heart, his hands are stretched out like he's waiting to receive the stigmata. I thought, what is this? You can't make this stuff up. And there was no explanation. He didn't suddenly bolt upright as if, oh my God, I've been caught. It was clearly something that happens all the time. I don't understand. So, it's time to go do our discussion. And Mr. Talley doesn't ask a question. He declares, the room has been cleared. And the head of public programming asks, the room has been cleared of what? Of people. I do not walk down a center aisle with people seated. And Paul, the the, uh, coordinator, said, it's standing room only. We have no place to move these people. This can't be done. And I said, because I... I'm very flexible. I bend and bend and bend and bend until I snap. I'd snapped. I said, if you'd gone on the mic check, you would know that there's a stage door. We don't have to walk down a center aisle. And let me assure you, that was only the beginning of the craziness. You can actually go to the New York Public Library website and you can download a a podcast of the entire moderated discussion because he was nuts. (laughs) And even Martha, Martha um, Nelson turned to me at one point, and she said, "Jesus Christ!" <laughs> yes, it was completely and totally crazy. What was the other, one other thing I wanted to tell you? Oh, I have not been to the Condé Nest Well, that's not entirely true. I've been to one to uh, one floor of the new headquarters uh, downtown at at the uh, at One World Trade Center, but in the Old Times Square, Conde Nast offices for Times Square. Have any of you ever, did, did any of you ever go to the cafeteria there? Yeah. Pure psychosis. <laughs> I was invited, and by one of the, by, by actually a, a dear pal who used to be in the digital uh, area of Vogue and is no longer there because even she went crazy. Um, <laughs> It's spectacular, there there are serving stations for everything you could possibly imagine, but there's only one line and it's for the salad bar. And that's all that anybody gets. And if you have the large salad, you're looked down upon, so you have to get the little tiny salad. And then when you leave, there's a hall of mirrors and there's skinny mirrors. It's it really is crazy. I left there and I got a gigantic egg salad sandwich. I was starving. Oh, but this is another thing. This friend of mine who invited me, I'm talking very elliptically, but it's what I do. Um, she had a bobblehead of mine in her office. And there was a meeting that Miss Winter attended in this office. And she said it was over her shoulder. And she said Anna Winter kept staring at it, staring at it, staring at it. And the next morning, when Lauren, my friend, returned to work and to her office, it was gone. It really does please me. I just want to add one thing. There was a, it's now defunct. Um, but there was, I, I think it was very short-lived, there was a Vogue publication called Vogue Living. Do any of you remember it? Yeah. Yes. It was another w- completely wacky publication. I remember one of the, um, whatever they're called, the little bylines on the on the cover of one of the issues. I've ne- I'll never forget this as long as I live. It uh, b- reminds me of a quote of Martha Stewart, which I'll also share with you. The, the little blurb on the front said, have the decorating doldrums, question mark? Buy an old master and decorate around it. I always wanted to do, know what to do with my decorating doldrums. I guess that's the answer. Here's my Martha Stewart quote. It's the best. And actually, this happened before Camp Cupcakes, speaking of cupcakes. Um... She had her cooking show on the Food Network, and she actually said this, and I I asked her whether she remembered it, and she said she did, but she'd never say it again. It was the following. Life has few disappointments greater than a room-temperature nut.
1: That was Tim Gunn. You can find Tim on Twitter and Instagram at Tim Gunn. And you can see him on the 16th season of Project Runway this August. Plus, don't forget to check out our last episode with his crazy Anna Wintour story. Connie Shulman, who plays Yoga Jones on Orange is the New Black, is also on that episode, sharing her hysterical story about her on-screen threesome. Plus... We talk about how she and I met, which is an absolutely hysterical story. And it's at our favorite drugstore, Natch. And on our next episode, you'll hear an interview I did with Tim where we talked about Project Runway, his new book, the crazy story of how he and I met, and this. So Tim and I are going to wrap up with a little fun um, ditty.
2: Well, I made the huge strategic error i'm telling robin that i studied the classical piano for 12 years but that was more than 40 years ago so just like sentence diagramming i haven't hit a keyboard in a long time
1: but you're about to now
2: i'm about to now all
1: right let's do it, we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it. that duet is a riot be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss it something else you don't want to miss Our next show on Wednesday, July 26th, it's at Le Poisson Rouge. The theme of the night is TBD, but since it's National Ice Cream Month and, fun fact, National Hot Dog Month, it is going to be something good. You can get tickets and details for that on our site at yumsawordshow.com. Also, if you enjoy what you hear on our podcast, because Alex makes it sound so, so sweet, please give us a quick rating and review on iTunes. Not only will it help boost our rating, but it will let others know all about it. Here's an awesome review we recently got from the lovely and talented Simon Hardy Butler. Simon says, oh, that's funny. Simon says, Simon says, the side-splittingly funny stories in this podcast series are carefully curated by the show's brilliant creator, Robin Gelfenbein. Oh, that's sweet. And are frequently told by well-known personalities who succumb to a level of candor and hilarity that only this storytelling collection can provide. Gelfenbein, of course, is the consummate hostess. Thank you, Simon. And supplies lively, humorous asides and helpful context as the beat goes on. Great stuff. What a nice review. Thank you so much, Simon. Isn't that nice, Alex? Oh, so sweet. And last but not least, did you know that at the end of every single episode, it's something different? Mm hmm. Alex and I change it up every single time. So be sure to listen all the way to the end to hear our pick for today's episode and then go back and listen to old episodes and see all the gems that we chose, you know, because you got plenty of time to do that. The stories you just heard were recorded live at Le Poisson Rouge in New York City. The podcast is produced by me, Robin Gelfenbein, and Alex Fulton, who wrote some of the music. And the theme song is by Mark Radcliffe. Special thanks to Matt Fiddler, Megan Deneen, Michael Cedar, Danny Ortiz, Carly Patron, Jen Waring, and Katie Riley. I'm Robin Gelfenbein. Thanks for listening. Hope you get a piece. And until next time, you know, that's how it goes with real boobs, right? Yum's the word.